Hello and welcome to Couple Next Door from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CBS Radio brings you The Couple Next Door, written by Peg Lynch and starring Peg Lynch and Alan Bunce. Come on, what are you doing? We've all been sitting downstairs in the lobby waiting for you. Well, I'm sorry. I came back up to get my sweater. And I couldn't resist just standing out here on the balcony and looking over the beautiful Bay of Naples. Yeah. Can't believe that in two days I'll be 3,000 miles away from all this back uh, home. Look, I told you not to oh. think about it. You'll just be depressed and you won't enjoy the day. Look, here we are going to Pompeii, the one place that you've been especially anxious to see. Oh, I know. I had the most wonderful Latin teacher in school. She just made all these places seem so exciting, and I, I never dreamt it would be this many years before I'd see them. We've studied so much about Pompeii, I, I really feel I'm going to know it the minute I get there. You know? Yeah, well, it's a good thing, because apparently we're not going to have a guide. What do you mean? Mr. Whitaker has been reading up on Pompeii, so we don't waste money on a guide. He's down in the lobby already lecturing on it to Aunt Effie and Betsy. <laughs> no point Aunt Effie meeting a beau that has money. He never wants to spend it, and I know he's got it. Why are the people with money also sort of stingy? No, well, that's why they got it. They hang on to it. <laughs> I guess so. Well, I think today it's all right to do without a guide. They rush you through so fast, and it'll be more fun to just prowl around Pompeii by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come on, let's go. Here's Dorothy Collins. the time for a beauty checkup. What about your skin, especially your hands? Are they sun-scorched, dry? Restore their beauty with new formula Truche. Make them smooth, younger-looking again. New Truche, the only leading popular-priced hand lotion with wonder-working silicones, forms a light protective screen between you and the elements. Under that screen, Truche moisturizes instantly, helps nature heal hurt rough hands. Get Truche today. Truche. Ah, oh, signores. 
Signore, you wish you to see Pompeii, signore? Yes. Well, we paid our admission. Annie, come on, you can buy postcards later. But you will need a guide, signore, if you wish to enjoy your trip through one of the most fascinating ruins in the world. You will see with your own eyes, and I can explain to you all what the life was like nearly 2,000 years ago. Mr. Whitaker, maybe we should have someone who No, 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 we don't need a guide, Grazie. But, signore, signore, the guidebook cannot tell you all the interesting things you will want to know about the amphitheater, the Temple of Jupiter, the Arch of Nerone. Yeah, well, so I, I've been reading up on it, and I can tell my party a lot of the interesting things about Pompeii. Yes, Thank you very much, Grazie. Now, come on, Betsy. Get repeated. We certainly got a dirty look. Well, I don't blame him. It's the way he earns his living. Oh, wait a minute. Mr. Whittaker, this seems to be the museum at the entrance here. Why don't we go I in? I thought we'd do the museum on the way out. Uh, I think it'll mean a lot more after we've walked around Pompeii itself. Well, come on. He seems to be running the show. Now, if well, you're like yeah. most people, you probably just thought it was one city that was destroyed that day. But there were three cities. Pompeii, Herculaneum, and Stabia. Hmm. Uh, well, actually, Mr. Whittaker... Are we in Pompeii? Yes, dear. This was one of the streets of Pompeii. Didn't the stone houses have any roofs? Well, yes, but you see now, what happened. Now, the lava poured down from that volcano up there, Betsy, and it caved the roofs in and buried the people underneath. Now, you notice these large flat stones here in the middle of the street? Now, they were put there to keep the chariots from driving through the city. Mm-hmm. All right, now, let's all walk along this street here, uh, which used to be called the Via Delhi Augustali, according to that map here, and I'll explain it as we go along. <laughs> gotten a pretty general idea of how people lived 2,000 years ago. Mm. They had their homes, their shops, their bakeries. They even wrote election notices on the walls as sort of campaign slogans for their mm. favorite political candidates, just like we do today. Uh, <laughs> goodness, this is just thrilling. And it's so interesting. You never think people 2,000 years ago did things we do today. Here's something written in Latin on the wall, Alvin. What do you think it says? Look at this, Betsy. Yeah, well, let me see. Uh, uh... Cave Canaan. Mm. Oh, well, I expect that's the name of the man who lived here. Probably his house. Like having our name on a mailbox, you know? <laughs> oh, yes, my goodness. And, and what do you suppose this is written over here? Leslie, he doesn't know what he's talking about at oh, all. Well, no. Oh, well, nothing. I don't want Betsy learning things wrong. Uh, Mr. Whittaker. Uh, Mr. Whittaker, I had some Latin. Maybe I could figure this out. Oh, oh well. Uh, see, actually, these two words right here... Cave Canem mean beware of the dog, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that's uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, by golly, I thought it was a man's name. Well, beware of the dog, uh-huh. huh? Oh, gee, you see signs like that back home, don't you, Mom? Uh-huh. And I think this other one written on the wall right over here, Mr. Whittaker, you're right about it being an election notice, I think. It says, uh, uh, Sicia demands that Trebius and Gavius be elected. I think that's what oh. it says. Well, uh, isn't that interesting? You were right, Alvin. It was an election notice. <laughs> and actually, I think, Mr. Whittaker, that Pompeii uh, was not destroyed by lava. Herculaneum was. And that was more of a residential city for the wealthier people. But Pompeii, I think, was covered by layers of white ashes which erupted. Well, now, I always uh, understood Pompeii was destroyed by volcanic lava. Well, no, no, I... <laughs> 
I think the, uh, that's why so many people died. You see, the layers of white ashes started falling, and the sky got very dark, just as dark at night, but people thought they'd blow away, and so they hid in their houses until finally the layer upon layer of ashes caved the roofs in on oh, top well, of them. Oh, I didn't know uh-huh. that. Oh, yes, dear. and, I, well, it's true, dear. I remember that from school. Yeah, I uh-huh. know, I know. Yeah. Well, let's, let's walk on, shall we? It's certainly very... Oh, and the large flat stones yeah. in the middle of the street, I think it's terribly interesting. I think... Mr. Whittaker, if I recall correctly, we're not to keep chariots from driving through because actually, as I recall, Pompeii was quite a commercial city. And I think it was full of businessmen and chariots all the time. <laughs> but the stones, I think, were stepping stones. What do you mean, Mama? Well, when it rained, the water ran down the street. So these large stones were placed in the middle of the street so people could step across and not get their feet wet. <laughs> That interesting guy? I think another very interesting thing about Pompeii, too, was the, was the construction of their homes. Now, the main room was called the atrium, with the other rooms opening off from that, the most important being the tablinium, from which we get our word table, Betsy. Isn't that interesting, honey? Now, one of the best examples of restaurants... <laughs> the body of a man, just as he fell on that day, nearly 2,000 years ago. See? He's still clutching a little leather bag of food he apparently bought at the store. Is that really a man? Well, it was. My mommy just explained how they preserved it. And here, even a loaf of bread put in the oven to bake. So fascinating, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it sure is. I wouldn't have needed to do any reading up on Pompeii at all if I'd known you were such a... Uh... Oh, well, Mr. Whittaker, I wrote a paper on Pompeii back in school and did so much research. <laughs> well, it certainly's been interesting. Mm. Hey, hey, Effie, you were looking for a place to buy postcards. Mm-hmm. Now, let's all have a cup of tea, too. Come on, Betsy. Oh, honestly, you know, I can just hardly believe that I'm actually in Pompeii. Yeah, well, I sure know you're here, and so do the rest of them. What do you mean? What's the matter? Come on, dear. Let's have a cup of tea. Just a minute, sweetheart. I want to talk to you. We'll return to the couple next door in just a moment. Now, a brief fable of today by an obscure Aesop of our times who's happily hip. Our fable concerns a man named John Doe who heard that the world was coming to an end. He converted his gilt-edged securities into cash deserted his loved ones, and embarked on a mammoth spree with the bundle. Grass has not since grown where John Doe tripped through on this momentous swan song. When he ran out of cash, however, it occurred to him that the world, still intact, was showing no inordinate signs of stress. Crestfallen, he slunk back to his family, which, being his family, took him in. Well, he's never heard the last of it. His wife, forgiving to a point, has proved quick of temper and long of tongue. Now... What moral do you suppose our modern and obscure Aesop has written to this tale? Well, it's simple. Next time, check CBS News on CBS Radio. If there's no confirmation from that source, it hasn't happened and isn't going to. you mean I've been showing off? I mean exactly that, showing off. Well, I don't see how it can be called showing off to try and teach one's daughter some interesting things. I may not have been any good at arithmetic in school, or even now, but one thing I loved was history and, and, and Latin, and I, I was good at those things, and I remembered things, as you always do when you like something. 
How's that so awful? No, no, that's not awful at all. My complaint is that you've not been very diplomatic. Well, Mr. Whitaker didn't know what he was talking about. And I thought I was... I was very diplomatic. Oh, honey. I was. I kept, I kept saying, I think it's so-and-so. I think this and I think that. I never once said he was absolutely wrong, which he was. Well, I... Don't you want Betsy to learn things right? Honey, I think there's something that you'd better learn. Mr. Whitaker was trying to impress Aunt Effie. You know that. And he was impressing her. She, she thought he was fascinating, whether he had the facts right or not. You just pulled the rug right out from under him, figuratively speaking. For the last two hours, you carried on like the curator of a museum, oh. for heaven's sakes. I, I mean, I don't deny you've been interesting, but, but you've made Mr. Whitaker feel like an idiot in front of Aunt Effie. You know? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I just got carried away being in Pompeii, you know, well, so exciting. Well, and all right, all right. Now, come on, come on. They're waving at us. They got the tea all ordered. Oh, I feel terrible now. I do, really. I just feel awful. Well, I won't say another word about Pompeii. Well... I'll try to make up for it by asking all about his grain and feed business in Montana. Oh, no. well, now, honey, no. Now, that, I mean, that's pretty obvious. And Mr. Whitaker's nobody's fool, well, after all. this time I'll be diplomatic, dear. You wait and see. <laughs> oh, gee, how nice. Got tea all ordered and everything, huh? Yes. <laughs> oh, it'll taste good. I'm exhausted. I'm too. <sighs> Sit down, darling. Yeah. Mr. Whittaker, when we passed what was apparently once a storage place for grain here in Pompeii, I meant to ask you when we went past it, since you're in the grain business, uh, have there been a lot of changes in that in the last 2,000 years? Changes? Uh-huh. Oh. Grain, you know, oh, Yes. Yes, I should say. And I've always been fascinated by the various methods of agriculture. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of course, you folks might think that kind of dull. Oh, no, 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 no. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> hey, you take the early Babylonians uh-huh. now. They The Couple Next Door is written by Peg Lynch and stars Peg Lynch and Alan Bunce with Margaret Hamilton, Francie Myers, Robert Dryden, and Rock Rogers and is produced by Walter Hart. 